Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast, powered by Goodwill. I'm Chris Bevan of the Can Repository, along with Joe Scalzo from The Rep and Chris Easterling of the Maslin Independent. We're going to look ahead to this week's Division II state semifinal game featuring Maslin and Winton Woods. The game will be played down near Columbus and Gahanna. Maslin 13-0, Winton Woods 12-1, and 1. And uh, Chris, uh, this is a, a rematch of last year's game, which was, a, was an interesting one. Yeah, you can say, I don't know if I've seen too many games like I saw last year. You know, Maslin gets up 21 21- Nothing with about eight minutes to go in the in the second quarter, and you're like, "Is this really happening?" Because you, you knew Winton Woods was really good, you knew Maslin was good, but you know, talent wise, you looked at what Winton Woods had, and you're like, "This is sort of amazing." And then it's like almost like Winton Woods kind of got out of bed, stretched a little bit, and goes, "Well, time to go play football." And because from there on, it was it was all Winton Woods doing just about everything, whatever they wanted. And, and you know, like two games, you know, they scored the last 56. Uh, you go from up 21 to a running clock to end the game, and uh, it, it, was, it was amazing. It's about as odd a turnaround as, as you're going to see, especially that deep into the postseason. What, uh, besides that, as far as the, the, the impact guys in that game, who, who will be back this year, what, what stood out? Um, a lot of the guys who stood out for Witten was last year are gone. You know that, and, and that's the thing is, it's a little bit different Winton Woods team because the one guy who does come back, Mayan Williams, running back, twenty seven hundred yards rushing. He didn't have any impact in the game. His biggest impact was fumbling at the goal line on Winton Woods' second possession that helped Matt, you know, that helped Maslin get that early lead because he left with an injury. So really, even their past experience with him, there isn't going to really be much of that because he was hobbled with that injury coming into the game and then re-aggravated it in the game. And then for Maslin, obviously a lot of guys who played significant roles in that game are playing significant roles now, but are a year older, mm-hmm. year better, year everything else. What uh, what's been the takeaway from them as they look at this game? I think you hit the nail on the head. It is their year older, years stronger, bigger, faster, stronger, all of that, and I think that's that's a big a big takeaway. You know, talking to Nate Moore yesterday. He sort of admitted maybe last year they were playing with a little bit of house money, you know, getting that far because they were counting on a lot of sophomores and juniors, uh, even freshmen, if you, you count Jaden Ballard in, uh, in in key roles that game. Well, a lot of those guys are back now and they're older, and I think this is the kind of season they expected for this team, but a lot of it because of what they got last year by going to that state semifinal. And one of the things that it's interesting to me is the contrast is that before last season began, there was thoughts that maybe Maslin would go four and six or five and five. And and so this run is as expected as it's been this year. It's kind of started a little bit unexpectedly. And, and I wonder if people in Maslin really appreciate how special th- this two-year run has been. I think they're, they're starting to. I, I think they're, you know... There's, I think there's always that chance after the season to sort of step back and and sort of smell the roses. When you're in the moment, you're focusing on, you know, whatever you know, every you know, whatever the next thing is and everything. But you know, I was looking back, and if they win on Friday, it's the best two year run in 
playoff history, during the playoff era for, for Maslin win-wise. Uh, right now they're tied with the 01 and 02 back-to-back regional championship teams for most wins in a two-year stretch for Maslin. So, uh, you know, I, it's a really special, you know, kind of a really special thing, like you say. And how many times are you really going to see it? Because... This is only the second time they've gone back to back with regional titles, and you think about a a program like Maslin. That's that really is sort of amazing when you, when you step back and think of all the the great teams. You look back at oh one oh two. That would have been Zwick and uh, Crable, correct? Yeah, Zwick so, uh, Zwick is senior year, and then uh, you know Crable uh, both, Crable. both years. Yeah. So you're talking about two elite level guys there, and I know they had a number of other really good players too that we're not going yeah. into. But as you look at th- this team, that elite guy that people probably are remembering 15 years from now is Jameer Thomas. How does he look going into this game? He's so good. I, you know, the, 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 I'll tell you who may be remembered by the time all is said and done is going to be Jaden Ballard because I think this playoff run has really been his coming out party. I, I think I, I went back and looked, and he's got something like 16 catches and three playoff games for 300 and some yards and three or four touchdowns. I mean, he has – as good as he was in the, as hyped as he was coming into this season, these last three games have been, you know, he sort of said, this is, you know, this is the guy Ohio, this is the reason why Ohio State offered him, you know, it was made him the only sophomore receiver to get an offer so far. My, my one question, you look and we talked about it last week in the podcast is how difficult Division Two has gotten over the last five years. And, and you know, obviously, for a lot of reasons, the Maslin, whenever they're mentioned in the playoffs, people mention that they haven't won a state title in the in the playoff era. And how much is that shadow or, or kind of hangover of everything they do? And are people going to be able to enjoy this year or look back at it as a success, even if they if they don't win this week or, or they don't beat Hoban next week? Well, it depends on who ends the season. I, you know, I think. I think they feel like they belong in the title game. They're good enough to get to the title game, and and I agree. I think you know they're good enough to beat Wenton Woods. I think they're they're a little bit overall more talented this year than Wenton Woods. You get them in that title game against Hoban, and and I, I think there's that that might be the building excuse you know uh you know and i don't mean that as any saying that Maslin has no chance if they get to the, the title game and play open but i think the fans have sort of either in the back of their minds or the front of their minds sort of you know like everybody else sort of built hoban up into this you know this i don't want to say albatross but super team super team that you know, if if they run up against them and lose, you know, it's well, we ran into a a, a very good, well constructed football team, <laughs> and um, we want to elaborate on well constructed. Uh, you know, just I mean, spent a lot of time in the off season working hard and and getting themselves, uh, you know, getting themselves uh, ready for the season. Uh, uh, I guess, for, for lack of a better way to describe it, um, they're good. They're really good. They're really good. And uh, and but you know, I, I think Maslin is good enough to get to that game and and give them a game. You know, they're going to have to play a very good game to do though. But 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 I think they're capable of it. 
And, and you know, there's never an asterisk when you are mentioned not winning a state title. But I think Maslin lost a molar twice in '80 and '82 or something like that in the final. So sometimes you just you meet up against one of those teams that you were good enough to win it that year, and and bad luck happened, or you know maybe you weren't as good as some other teams, but you had a good path, and, and luck just seems to be a big part of this. Well, yeah, you go throughout history in football and basketball in Ohio, and you oh, yeah. have that. I mean, oh, obviously, yeah. McKinley teams in the '50s could talk about running into Middletown and basketball basketball where you're playing one of the NBA's 50 greatest players of all time one of their 10 best maybe I don't know how high Lucas would rank but well, you I run mean, into that yeah I mean you, you're not just I mean Moeller in 1882 you talk about it I mean they ran the other third time they went to the title game they ran into Saint a, a really good Saint X team uh, and that was an outstanding Maslin team and that was an outstanding Maslin team in a really outstanding football game yeah. I mean if, you know really turned on you know one of those plays uh, a punt return at the end of the, the first half where you talk to coaches on both sides the kid wasn't supposed to punt it, and the kid wasn't supposed to catch it, and both did the things their coach wasn't said told him not to do, and it ultimately decided the football game. But you know, like nation. I mean, we can go on and on with the, the hurdles that have stood between teams, uh, whether it's Mass or McKinley. I mean, on down the line. I mean, there there's always seems to be that one team out there that that just sort of hovers over a, you know a division. And this year it's Hoban and and. Uh, they certainly have looked the part in every way, shape, or form. Eight straight, I think, r- running clock games. I mean, so yeah. yeah I mean, they've they've just been dominant against good. I mean, last week really good of, teams. Uh, I mean, another Maple, Heights. Maple Heights team that I heard a lot of good stuff about, and they you know they blow their doors off. Hey, I was looking at the Witten Woods scores, and it it's kind of interesting if you look at it. That the first round game looks like it might have been the toughest test you know going mm-hmm. into this week, where it was a, a shootout that they win, then they kind of shut a team down, and then last week uh, looked like a, a workman like route where they get into the fifties on a team. What uh, what's their style of play? What are people going to see from them? They're going to see a steady dose of running the football. They they are kind of a flex bone. <laughs> team uh they'll get in the spread but you know they want to run the football with like i say with mayan williams uh uh, but uh, you mentioned that opening game. He had something like 400 yards rushing in that game, something stupid. But, uh, you know, they, they have a sophomore at quarterback who doesn't look like a sophomore when you watch him. You know, I watched a little some clips of him on, on the internet over the weekend, and he doesn't look like a sophomore. He, play, he carries himself. Like he's you know like he's been in the position for a while, but they don't ask him to throw a lot. And then defensively, you know, I thought defensively was really where they made Maslin feel miserable last last year. They had a couple of linebackers who are have now departed, who were just putting all sorts of pressure and and giving Aiden Longwell no time to throw the ball. So and also you know giving Jimmy or Thomas no room to run. So those guys are gone. So I I really. Think think this game it's going to come down to can Maslin you know give Aiden Longwell time can they give Jameer some holes to run through because I think Maslin's offense is significantly better than it was a year ago it has a chance to put a lot of points on the board if 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 they they have the the if they have the opportunity provided to them by their linemen last week a lot of the focus on the health front was Aiden Longwell this week what's the status of the the Tigers on the health front I think they're as as good as they've been as healthy as they've been uh 
uh, all season, you know, bumped and bruised like everybody else that's still in the, in the playoffs right now. But I think they're getting healthier. You know, Adric Ford's come back uh, the last two weeks, and, and last week showed why, you know, he was the at the time he got hurt in week six was, was their leading receiver. He had a 100-yard receiving game, six catches. Uh, they're getting healthy, and, and you know, by and large, I don't think there's really any major health concerns going into this game. What, and uh, looking as you get ready for this game this week, where's a, a red flag for Maslin? Where's something that if hey, this area doesn't go well, it could be a long night unexpectedly for him? Tackling. I, I think, you know, talking to the coaches yesterday, you know, it's, uh, the thing they were disappointed with from the Wadsworth game was was the way they tackled. And, and it showed in the rushing stats. Wadsworth ran for 244, I think, which was the second most Maslin's given up all season. Uh, Dom Lamparo himself ran for over 100, which makes him only one of six running backs or, or players to run for over 100 against them this this year. Two of those came in the D. St. Louis game. So very few times have they really given up uh, you know a lot of yards to a single one back. And if they don't, they know if they don't tackle well. I mean, Mayan Williams will have one of those games that he can single handedly send send them home. I don't know if we want to look too far ahead, but I mean, it seems like even though this is Maslin's best team in a while, this is not the end of of you know some special runs. They got enough coming back next year that that they could be good again. Yeah, I, I think so. Obviously, they're going to lose some special players, um, and I think they're going to look a little different in terms of how they you know how they play offensively you know i think the last couple of years we've kind of gotten used to let's ground Masson's going to you know run the football with Jameer Thomas run a lot of power and then throw it to you know guys like Trey Morgan and Jaden Ballard i think um you know next year i think it's going to be a lot more on Aiden Longwell's shoulders a lot more on a lot of really good young receivers like like uh Ballard, obviously, Andrew Wilson Lamp, uh, Zion Pfeiffer comes back. He's been uh, Jameer's backup most of the last two years. He's back, so they've got they've got a, and their JV team went nine and zero this past. You know, beat Eds, beat Ignatius. You know, so you know they they really feel good about. I think the future that this is something that you know it sort of dropped off after O two. They had that run, those back-to-back, you know, states. Some of them then it sort of dropped off. They went back-to-back four and sixes before, you know, 05. I think they feel like they can, you know, whether 13 and 0, something like this is possible. It's hard to say, but I think they feel like, you know, there's not going to be a significant, massive drop-off next year. One thing uh, you kind of touched on it, Joe, uh, briefly is Division Two is just unbelievable this year. I was looking at some stuff while you guys were talking. As we look at the four teams in here, and this is obviously two rematches, so that that alone tells you that you've got some teams that know what they're doing. But the number one, the number three, the number six, and the number eight teams in the final state poll. So you're talking for the top eight. You know, you don't have that in Division One, even though you've got some really good teams. You look at uh, you know state titles with Hoven and Winton Woods. Uh, most of those. Re- 
recently. And uh, the thing, uh, both these or all four teams have been in the playoffs at least 11 times. So a lot of history there. But the one thing that was kind of just shows where Maslin stands out among the rest state semifinal appearances, the other three have combined for 13, Maslin itself for 12. So obviously <laughs> the Tigers have been to this game a lot throughout the, the course of, of the, the playoff era, while uh, the other three, I think most people think of them as post 2000 kind of really coming on. Yeah, I mean, and some of those those semifinal. I mean, think back to the way the playoffs were. You know how the playoffs have evolved over the years. I think the first year of the playoffs, it started right with the state semifinal. Correct, correct. You just, so, and then even the region, and then even in the eighties, you had to win one game to win. I mean, you were basically a state quarterfinal, right? You know, in the the early eighties. So, but at the same time, yeah, I think you know, you look Mike Elder up at Avon is has really built them into a fantastic program. And, you know, you talked about the state rankings for the the semifinalists. Well, Avon knocks off the number two ranked team right. in Toledo Central Catholic. Wadsworth was, I think, fifth ranked fifth. Um, I can't remember exactly where Maple Heights was, but I would have to guess. I thought they were in the top ten. They they were top ten, and and now Anderson. I, I think Anderson was the one that might not have been because I think they were like a six or a seven seed down in. They, they were a seven seed going in down in Region week. Eight. So, but. You know, it, it really has been all season. I, I very interesting. I think the most competitive division of, of them all because I think we're going to see by the end of the playoffs, Coleraine in Division One is sort of that that unstoppable force. That's that uh, you know. I think they've been they've been just rolling teams. I've heard talk that they this might be better than that O four team that uh, that McKinley saw. Right, that was a really good football <laughs> really team. good football team. <laughs> well, they're they're talking about them in that regard down in Cincinnati. So, um, so I think we're going to see one now. Obviously, Hoban. You could argue Hoban is that, but I think the caliber of teams behind Hoban Maslin. Wenton Woods, Avon, even Toledo Central Catholic, Wadsworth, except Maple Heights, I, I think really made it a deep, talented division too. Even if it ultimately, you know, we ends up to, with the same four, it ends ends up with the same four, and and even the same one at the end. Yeah, to go back to your coloring point, last week forty-two to nothing over Cincinnati Elder in a regional final. Uh, you don't see a lot of that from the Cincinnati no, schools no. just pounding the other team, and they've uh, pretty much been dominant in their three playoff wins. Back to Division Two, and we're talking talk briefly about Hoban and Avon, and you mentioned the eight running clocks. Another thing I was looking at: Hoban in the three playoff games outscored their opponents one forty-two to thirteen. And you know, we mentioned Maple Heights was undefeated and really good. Garfield Heights was the second the round Garfield team. Heights game it was seven seven. Late second quarter, even if I can remember hearing an update about that, and then they hit the gas pedal. And then Hoban, that second half, just decided to, you know, Hoban turned into the Incredible Hawk and uh, Garfield Heights. Uh, you know, that, that was it for Garfield Heights. <laughs> no more Stanley references from you. <laughs> as, as we look to that game, though, uh, I. I it's just everybody's just a foregone conclusion. It's going to be Hoban. Have you gotten a hint in talking to people of any, you know, anything that could just trip them up before they get to Canton? I mean, there's always a chance. Obviously, I mean, I don't know how many people gave Avon a shot to, you know, to beat Toledo Central Catholic because I had heard going into that game that Toledo Central Catholic and Hoban, I think, had scrimmaged. 
and it was pretty pretty even a pretty even scrimmage so you know if, to, if you're talking about a team that was pretty even with with uh Hoban and I saw Avon in the scrimmage now granted it was first scrimmage of the season but Maslin hung about 11 touchdowns 11 or 12 touchdowns on Avon's varsity um so I mean this I mean obviously again it was a control scrimmage and everything but to go that far to where you're you know you're knocking off the number two team in in the state and the states in the regional finals I I mean again Avon I mean they're they're just they're I think they're sort of an underrated program because you know they sort of hide up there in Lorraine County and the Lorraine County area so but uh, they certainly uh you know, I guess it could give Hoban a, a, a challenge, but I would, you know, I just think this Hoban team is, you know, they're, they're they're coming back to camp. They're special. Yeah. And we'll be talking plenty about the, the games in Canton next week in future podcasts, so be sure to look for them and download them. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to this one, the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Goodwill, a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Check back for another podcast in the future. For Joe Scalzo, Chris Easterling, I'm Chris Bevan.